to this point in COVID-19, I've tried every Sunday just to sit down and encourage you. In fact, even in the evening services, I've just tried to encourage you. This has been going on a long time and it's been difficult. It's not a time for fear. But today what I want to do is change gears a little bit and I want to spend some time teaching you maybe three or four weeks on this one subject. And the subject is simply, we must stand. Let me say that again, we must stand. As a young boy growing up, I grew up in the black-white riots in the 1960s in Flint and Detroit. You can Google them to see what I grew up in the middle of. And remember, I grew up in the bad part of a bad town. As a family, we've walked together for 40 years now. We've been through coup d'etats, we've been through revolutions, we've been through economic crises, we've been through years of brownouts and blackouts. We, we've been through a lot of things together. We've, we've lived history together. But I don't think ever in my entire life have I seen the world going through such upheaval and change all at one time in my whole life. I've never seen anything like this. And those of you that have lived a few years, you would think the same thing. There are incredible changes that are sweeping the world right now. When we first began to teach you Psalms 91 to let faith fill your heart and come to a place of rest of faith, I taught you from verse 6 that there's a pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Stalks in the darkness. In seasons of darkness and in seasons of spiritual darkness, this is when these plagues stalk. This is when these plagues are out killing people. So I told you that there is a spiritual element to this virus that is not just a, a humanitarian issue. It is not just a medical issue. There is a spiritual element of what was going on. And really what I want to do today and for the next few weeks is teach you what this spiritual element is and how to respond to it. Now I want you to think of what's going on in the world right now. The COVID-19 has basically locked the borders of most nations of the world. The COVID-19 has shut down, what, 75% of the world's economy. Many of the great nations in the world are fearing a total plunge into recession or depression. Even here in our own beloved nation, people are so worried about the impact on the economy. And then we begin to see the articles about the, the plagues of locusts that are sweeping across Africa. And what, what caught my attention is they, they, they say locust invasions of biblical proportion. So I began to research the articles. And this one article said that they can devastate an entire field in 30 seconds. And I thought, no, there is no way. Maybe they, they miswrote, they mean 30 minutes or three hours or 30 days. But then they showed the video where this cloud came in as far as you could see. And within just 30 seconds, the entire field was left barren. And you sat there and you thought, what in the world? And they say these giant clouds of locusts, the biggest that they've ever seen in history, well, is devastating the food supply of Africa. And they're talking about massive starvation in Africa. And then you read about the riots in, in downtown London. And you read about the riots across Europe. And you read about the riots that our own Kababayan are facing in New Jersey and New York and Minneapolis and Detroit and L.A., and, and you hear our members talk about these things and you see these things in the news. And then you see the, the riots and the revolutions happening in Hong Kong. And then you pick up a newspaper and you, well, pick up an internet page and you begin to see that China and India have been fighting over a border up in the mountains and rather than shooting, 
these people took clubs and were beating each other to death, and like 60 people died getting beat to death over a, a silly border dispute in the, the mountains between China and India. And people are threatening World War III over a mountain pass in India. And you look at these things and you, you, you just begin to shake your head and you realize we are living in days where things are never going to be the same. When we come out of this thing, when this thing is all done and finished, they talk about a new normal. And it's like the world leaders are preparing us of how different things are going to be. It's not going to go back to last February. Beloved, it's not going back to what it was before. This world is going through some very permanent cataclysmic changes right now. And we need to understand the spiritual forces that are underlying this. Now, I want us to start with Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Paul said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness. This, Paul said, This present darkness that's covering this, this whole part of the world, Paul said, Listen, there is a struggle going on with the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand or stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness that comes by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and pray also for me that the words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains." that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. I want to begin to teach you how to stand, where to stand in grace, in faith, in the gospel, in truth. But today I want to begin to teach you why we need to take a stand. Now, we know that Paul taught the church in Colossae that Jesus at the cross disarmed principalities and powers. When he ascended out of his body, his spirit man came out of his body into the spirit realm, Satan and every demon power in this entire universe came and laid their weapons at his feet. They were disarmed. He disarmed principalities and powers. He won the victory. There is no more battle to be fought. We are more than conquerors. I don't believe that we spend our life going around screaming at demons and fighting with demons. Jesus won the victory. We speak in his name and it's done. We understand these truths. But we also need to understand the truth that just because they're defeated and just because they have no weapons does not mean that they don't try to push us around. Have you ever noticed sometimes bullies push us around? Well, sometimes just think of these demon spirits as bullies. And even though they have no more weapons and even though they are defeated, if we will allow fear in our hearts, they will push us around. 
Now, whereas they have been defeated and we are more than conquerors, whereas they have been disarmed and we have the victory, we also must recognize Satan is still the god of this world. And as the god of this world, he still controls spiritual dimensions of things that happen within this world. And that's what I want you to begin to understand today. Now, during the School of the Cross, I taught you from Luke chapter 22, verse 53, New International Version. Jesus said, every day I was with you in the temple courts. He said this in the garden as they came to arrest him. And you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. There are seasons that we need to understand when darkness reigns, when darkness rules, when, when spiritual forces of darkness seem to control. And we'll talk about later on today, the, the, there, you have to be careful when the evil day comes. There are times when spiritual forces seem to dominate the environment around us. Now, the truth of that is that Jesus is still Lord. I mean, even though this was an hour and when darkness ruled, when Jesus said, I am he, they all fell to the ground, including Satan, who was inside of Judas. They all fell to the ground. So it, even in an hour when darkness rules, Jesus is still Lord. Now, as I teach you this today, let me stress from the very beginning that we are more than conquerors, that Jesus said it is finished and it was finished, that you and I walk in the victory in his name. But also let me stress that it does not matter what demon spirits are doing in the world around us. The only thing that is relevant is what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, and that faithful is he who has promised. So everything I teach you today is not about fear. It's about just recognizing what is going on around us, because Satan is still the God of this world. We are like a, a rebel force in this world that's preaching Jesus and, and plundering the kingdom of darkness and taking people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of Jesus. But at the same time, as we, we're moving like a rebel force through this world, there are things happening in this world around us. And we should not be afraid of them because Jesus is Lord. Jesus won the victory. Jesus disarmed principalities and powers. And please forgive me, what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus is doing in your life is far more relevant than anything that's happening in the world around us. So as I teach these things, never think that a single thing I'm teaching you today negates the promises and the faithfulness and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But we do need to understand what's going on around us. Now, let me look at three thoughts with you today. First of all, we need to learn to stand. Why we need to stand? Stand against the schemes of Diablos. The schemes of Diablos. Now, let me break this down piece by piece for you. We must recognize that Satan has schemes or plans. Do you remember Jesus in the garden? I'll keep referring this to you. Do you remember Jesus in the garden? He's about to be arrested. They come out with their clubs and their sticks and their, their torches. And Jesus looks at them in Luke 22, verse 53, NIV, and says, Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns, when darkness rules. There are times that Satan begins to work, and it is his season to work. It's like, he, it, it's like he's on a tirade in the world. And when you see these tirades begin to take place, when you see this, this huge move of satanic work in the world, this is one of those evil days that the Bible speaks of. This is one of these seasons when darkness reigns. Now, we need to look at the schemes of Diablos because this is fascinating. 
Ephesians 6, verse 10, or verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil or diablos. Now, the Greek word here for schemes is methodia, M-E-T-H-O-D-E-I, D-E-I-A. It literally means craftiness, scheming, a deceptive way of doing things, a very logical, orderly arrangement that brings with it deception. Now, notice that, a very logical, orderly arrangement that brings with it deception. Let me say that again. A very logical, orderly arrangement that brings with it deception. Many times I talk to Christians today, and they act like the devil is stupid. Now, please forgive me. The devil is not stupid. James chapter 3, verse 15. This wisdom, James says, does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. There is a demonic wisdom. Now, that demonic wisdom finds at its very source Satan. Ezekiel chapter 28, beginning with verse 12. Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, you were in Eden. Who's he talking to? Satan. Satan was in Eden. He was there at the fall. Satan was there at the creation of man. He was in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. Now, so notice he's not an archangel. He's not a seraphim. He's only a cherub. That is the third rank of angels. So Satan was never a big shot. He was just a cherub. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mount of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. And you were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created until right unrighteousness was found in you. Now look down at verse 17. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And I cast you to the ground. Now, I want you to notice twice. It refers to his incredible wisdom. Now that wisdom was corrupted by his splendor. But his incredible wisdom. You and I can never think that the devil is a fool. The devil is not a fool. He is a strategic planner. He knows how to bring deception in a very logical, orderly arrangement. Everything is perfectly laid out, and its goal is deception. But now notice, the schemes, the logical, orderly arrangement of deception, of Diablo. Now, the Greek word for devil or diablos literally means the slanderer, the backbiter, the adversary, the gossiper, the malicious talker. Have you ever noticed that in seasons when darkness rules, how slander, how malicious gossip just flows? Not just against church leaders, against nations, against families, against God. All the horrible things that are said against God, the slander against God. Now, now think with me. How many times have you thought in these last three or four months now of COVID-19, how many times have you thought and maybe even said, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know what the truth is. I don't know who to listen to anymore. There is so much slander. 
Now again, this deception is for the purpose of slander. This deception is for the purpose of separating peoples. A gossip separates close friends. This gossip is for the purpose of separating people from leaders, separating people groups from each other, getting everybody tribalistic in their attitudes, getting prejudice and bigotry to flow. This huge, logical, orderly arrangement of a presentation of deception is all about slander. It's all about malicious speaking. It's all about the separation of peoples. It's all about building tribalism. It's all about getting, each, getting people to hate each other, getting people angry at each other. Now, if you look around the world today, I have just described to you the world. People hate each other that never hated each other before. People groups hate each other that never hated each other before. People hate members of their family they never hated before. It's, it's like slander on steroids has just been dumped like a, like a giant black cloud over the world. In a season when darkness reigns, this logical, orderly arrangement of deception for the purpose of slander, malicious talk, of separating peoples, this is what's going on in the world right now. Now, this is why we need to take a stand. When you sit there in a situation, you go, what do I believe? Who do I listen to? Who, who, who do I believe? That's when you have to make a decision. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to take a stand in grace. I'm going to take a stand in truth. I'm going to take a stand in the gospel. I'm going to put on my feet the shoes shod with the gospel of peace. And having done everything to stand, I'm going to stand firm. This is when we have to take a stand. When the whole world has become so bitter and angry and, and hostile toward each other, and the whole world is ready to kill each other, this is a season when darkness reigns. And this is a season when as believers... We put on the shoes of the gospel, shod with the gospel of peace. Now, that, the, these military shoes were literally shoes that had spikes out of the bottom of them so they wouldn't slip when they were slinging their swords and, in the blood and the muck that they were standing in to fight. These are days that we take our stand in these shoes fitted with the gospel of peace and we stand and we fearlessly declare the good news of Jesus Christ. These are days that we take a stand. Secondly, we have to take a stand against ruling spirits. Now, what do I mean by ruling spirits? Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. Paul said, we do not wrestle. And the Greek word there, pele, means to struggle against, to sway, to be in conflict. He said, we're not struggling. We're not in conflict with flesh and blood. Our conflict is not flesh and blood. He said, our conflict is against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness. Did you hear that? but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, the conflict is still there. They still hate us. Their weapons are gone. Jesus has won the victory. They must bow to the name of Jesus. We have authority in his name. But the conflict is still there. Now, who are these people? Well, I want you to remember with me that demons have territory. Now, let me give you a familiar illustration before we get into something a little less familiar. Do you remember when I taught you years ago from the book of Mark, chapter 5, beginning with verse 9? Jesus is casting the demon of Legion out. He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. 
And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Another, tra- another translation says, out of that area. Another translation says, from that territory. These demons wanted to be in that territory. This, was, this is a territorial spirit. Now, I taught you then, and I still believe it now, I do not believe that demons determine the spiritual nature of, a ter- of an area. I believe that people's spiritual lives determine the demons that come and hang out in the area. All right, These were people, they, Jesus cast the demons into the pigs. The people came out and said, please leave us. Can you imagine? They, they rejected. They saw a miracle before their eyes. One of their own townmates that they'd seen their whole life, his life being destroyed, his family being destroyed. They saw this man in a sound mind. And they said, would you leave us, please? We, 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 we don't want you around here. They cared more about their pigs than they cared about the presence of God with us among them. These were people who had no desire for spiritual things. So these were demons that enjoyed being around people like this. Now, I've taught you that in the past. Now, take it a step farther. He said, our conflict is with rulers. Now, the Greek word here for rulers, arche, A-R-C-H-E, literally means the beginning, the ruler, the origin, the origin of a sphere of influence. These, for lack of a better term, to put it in, to maybe oversimplify, but get get the point across, these are initiators of influence. These are the beginning influencers of change and an influence that, that affects people groups in society. These are the demons that start things. Everything can be fine in the world, and these demons begin to work, and all of a sudden, something has started. A new trend, a new cultural influence, a new hatred begins to come up. Now, now, now the, these demons, they, they're, they're the ones that come along and they, they start something. They... they motivate somebody. We call it temptation. They, they motivate somebody to kill somebody. They, it, it's almost like a person becomes crazy and they, they go and do something and all of a sudden hatred explodes like we have never seen before. And this is because of these arche, these, these demonic rulers. They, they are the initiators. They, they rule over things. They, they initiate things. They, they stir up hatred. They stir up bigotry. They stir up prejudice. They, they stir up a desire to steal, what, whatever. They, they get a hold of somebody's heart, and the next thing you know, there's this huge upheaval in society, and you can trace it all back to one person's actions, one small group of people's actions. And you go, all of this explosion came from that. It doesn't seem logical that all of that explosion came from this one thing. Well, that was a demon. That was an arche. That was a, a ruling spirit initiating something in society. Next, we have authorities. Now, authorities, exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Exousia spirits, these are powers or authorities that have administrative control over others oversimplifying, but these would be like, in Satan's kingdom, these would be like team leaders or department heads, all right? These are are demon spirits that are like team leaders and department heads. Uh, Maybe we can call them spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. They, They control different types of evil. You know, you've got lying spirits, you've got deceiving spirits, you've got these different kinds of evil. 
These are like team leaders or department heads that, that, that we, we struggle against. And again, we have to understand these demons are out there and they're working in people's lives and they're motivating people to do things and they're, they're tempting people to do things. And, you know, we have to learn to take a stand. Now, the third kind we're also seeing in the world today, I believe right now in the world we're, we're seeing, I, forgive me, but I'm sure up there on that mountain when India and China began to club each other to death, I'm sure it started with one guy who just went silly. And one guy who just did something and all of a sudden the whole situation's out of control. That was the effect of an arche, of a ruling spirit. All right, now this next kind operates on a much bigger scale. These are the cosmic powers that Paul talks about here. Uh, Cosmocrator, K-O-S-M-O-K-R-A-T-O-R. So Cosmocrator, these are cosmic power spirits. These are what I would call governing spirits over sections of the world. Now I taught you out of the book of Revelation that at one period, we don't know where his throne is today, but at one period, Satan's throne was in the city of Pergamum off the Aegean Sea. And there on Satan's throne, people were sacrificed on a regular basis. We know that the pastor of the church there was martyred there. One of the early bishops was martyred there. But there on Satan's throne, that's where he ruled his demonic empire around the world from. And Jesus said, you know, I know you live there where Satan's throne dwells. Now, in addition to Satan having a throne, he has demon spirits that have been given huge controlling powers over sections of the world. And you, you see nations rise and fall as these, these cosmic powers, as these, these ruling spirits that control nations begin to rise up. Now, let me take you back to a less familiar passage, but it makes it very clear. Daniel chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, and the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for three full weeks. He's fasting and praying for three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen and a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words was like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone, and saw the great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. I like that. O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. That's a great message of an angel. In Christ, you are greatly loved. You need to, you need to get a hold of some of these truths. O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And he said to me, Fear not, Daniel. 
For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now here's this demon spirit who rules over Persia. This cos cosmic power. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, now here's a top-level angel, Michael, an archangel, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Now, I want you to notice something. When Daniel saw this vision, he immediately began to fast and pray to understand this vision. This angel said, Daniel, God heard your prayer on the first day. Daniel, I was sent with the answer on the first day. But Daniel, in bringing you the answer, this cosmic power, this prince of Persia, this, this demonic power that, that controlled Medo-Persian empire, he said, has withstood me. And it's held me back from bringing you the answer for 21 days. He said, but finally, Michael, the great archangel over your people, has come to help me. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to see this. Th this is why we have to learn to take a stand. There are times that we see things happening in the world and you recognize demonic forces controlling nations of the world and we cry out to God to understand what's going on and we need to understand that in these seasons of darkness when these things are going on, there is such turmoil in the heavenly realms and we have to take a stand in faith. That's one of the things we'll get into next week. We have to take a stand in faith. Though We may not see the answer for 21 days. God heard on the first day, and God sent the answer on the first day, and the angels of God bringing that answer have been in conflict with these huge demonic powers, these cosmic powers. And here comes Michael, the great archangel, and he takes care of the situation, and now 21 days later, the answers come. So understand, these, these cosmic powers not only affect nations, this cosmic power, because Daniel was living in this place, this cosmic power was withholding the answer, was holding back the answer from God to one man's prayer. So understand, these cosmic powers, there are, are demons that control the Philippines. There are demons that control China. There are demons that control Malaysia. There are demons that control India. I mean, there are demon powers that have been given control over these nations. And when you are in that nation, you will find that there are times when you fast and pray, and all of a sudden, suddenly the answer comes, and you think, what in the world took so long? There was conflict in bringing you the answer. And that is why you stand you take a stand in faith. You don't start doubting God. You take a, a stand in faith. But now notice, I'm down to verse oh, 20. He said, then he said, do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. Now notice, the prince of Persia is going out and the prince of Greece is coming in. These are demonic cosmic powers. Now, this is when the Medo-Persian Empire collapsed and was conquered and taken over by the Greek Empire. You see, you and I sometimes, we, we see these, these, these kingdoms and these nations and these empires rise and fall. 
we have to understand that in the spirit realm, before it ever happened in the physical realm, there was a change of demonic powers. Now, right now in the world, in this season when darkness reigns, there is a huge conflict taking place in the heavenly realms. There is a huge thing happening where demonic powers are moving in and demonic powers are moving out. And forgive me, we will see, we will see shakeups in world empires. When this is over, you say, Pastor, what's going to happen next? I don't know, but we will see controlling spirits changing positions. And as those controlling spirits change and those governing uh, spirits change positions, we will see the world changed. Now, I don't know what will be next. I know what will be at the end. If we read the book of Revelation, we see at the end, there is no United States of America. It, it's never mentioned in Scripture. Please forgive me. It's, it's never mentioned in Scripture. It is irrelevant in prophecy. Now, I don't know what will happen to it, but it is irrelevant in prophecy. And I remember as a young boy, I thought, how in the world can America be totally irrelevant? It is the greatest superpower in the world. But the more you study, the more you realize it is irrelevant. At the end of the tribulation, there will be three great powers that meet in battle at the Battle of Armageddon. There will be the Antichrist Empire, which is basically what we would call today Western Europe and parts of Eastern Europe. There will be China that will attack. In fact, really, the Battle of Armageddon begins as a great world war. Okay? It begins with Western Europe and parts of Eastern Europe gathering together in the, the Jezreel Valley, and China and the armies of the East, this huge monstrous army, marches against the Antichrist. And they are joined with the Antichrist army in the middle by the armies of the South, which is Africa coming up. And so it looks like China and Africa are about to just annihilate the Antichrist army because he's caught in a pincer movement between the two there in the valley of Armageddon. And that's when Jesus comes back. So we, we don't know what will happen next, but we know what happens at the end. At the end, the great empires will be Western Europe and parts of Eastern Europe. We know that China will be a great empire at the end. And we know that China and Africa will be allies because they will fight together and catch the Antichrist armies in a pincer movement between them. So they're, they're trapped. And in the middle of all that, here comes Jesus. And he takes, begins to rule and reign in the world. So we, we see some things happening in the future. We don't know what will happen next. But I promise you, when this is over, when it's going to get over, we will look around and we will see a different worldscape. We will see kingdoms rise and we will see kingdoms fall. But that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is Lord. And it doesn't change the promises of God. And it doesn't change the faithful God. What, what demonic powers are doing in this world, forgive me, is irrelevant to you. Because you are a child of God. You are the temple of God. God lives in you. These are things that we will see with our eyes. But thirdly, we must take our stand in evil days. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. Now, there are days that are evil. There are days, the Hebrew word here means oppressive, worthless, virulent, harmful, vicious. 
young people, I, I would pray that you never see these days, but we're in the middle of evil days right now. You know, you, you see the hatred spewing in Hong Kong right now on the streets. You, you, you see the riots where people are killing each other. And, you know, I just watched on the news the other day, this young man walking down the street, and as he walks down the street, he just, bang, hits a 92-year-old woman and knocks her flat. What kind of a young man decks a 92-year-old woman? I mean, what, what kind of craziness is going on in the world? Th these are evil days. But it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change the promises of God for you. And, and this is one of the main reasons I wanted to, to begin to teach this to you and start with all what I call the bad news first. I want you to understand the total unmitigated chaos that is all around us is in this hour when darkness rules. But I want you to understand, Jesus is still Lord. And just like when he said, I am he, Satan was on the ground before Jesus, inside of Judas, bowed before him. Every knee will bow. Jesus is still Lord. The promises of God are still true. The Father still sits on his throne. Jesus is still seated at the right hand of the Father. God is still faithful to his promises. So yes, there is chaos. And if we really believe that we're living at the times of the end, we really believe that Jesus is coming soon, we need to understand these things are not going to get any better. They're only going to get worse. So would you please learn to take a stand? This is who I am. I stand in the grace of God. I stand in faith in Jesus Christ. I stand in the gospel. We put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand. Now that's what I wanted to teach you today. So that you're not afraid of this spiritual chaos going on around us and the physical chaos that manifests from the spiritual chaos. Because it doesn't change a single thing about your future. It doesn't change a single thing about your destiny. It doesn't change a single thing about the promises of God. It doesn't change a th single thing about God. Jesus is still Lord. Let me pray for you today. Father, we see all this stuff, and if we're not careful and we don't understand it, fear begins to grip our hearts. Let us understand, Lord, from a spiritual perspective, Roll back our eyes so that we can begin to see. Just like Elisha prayed for his servant, open his eyes that he may see that there are more with us than are against us. Open our eyes that we can begin to see in the spirit realm the things that are going on. And Lord, by your grace, give us the strength to stand. You promised, Lord, that you would make us stand. Make us stand and stand strong in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We will see you tomorrow morning as we start a new week, 6 a.m. in Daily Devotions.